This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey guys, this is Alex, or as we call him here in the basement, self-identified listener number three. <laughs> and what's funny is, when I'm not stacking Benjamins, I'm usually counting gold in my Los Angeles bunker, maybe buying a new van for the missus. Sometimes I call my significant other and tell them to stop tracking the time it takes to manage our rental empire, such as in 15-minute increments, so that I can jet set from Hawaii to the middle U.S. on a budget airliner to get one hell of a deal on a new car to drive back to Vegas just in time to tell my best friend about the trip to Vietnam that my family and I went on. Did I mention I went to Vietnam? <laughs> what? Doug, Doug, get out of here. You're ruining the intro. Gotta go. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. Today is the last day of this eight weeks of shows, and man, are we finishing things off with a bang. First, we welcome from Mama Fish Saves, Forbes contributor Chelsea Brennan, and a woman with the best idea we've ever heard for a student loan repayment plan, Megan Grossi. And joining us from the scholarship shark, Pam Andrews. Plus, in our Friday FinTech segment, You've heard Emperor Investments on the show, and now you're going to meet them and hear just how they work. Help us welcome the CEO of Emperor Investments, Brenna Casserly. Plus, we'll also wash all this goodness down with some of my amazing trivia. And now, the guy holding down the fort today, Joe Saul Cihai. Hey there, stackers. Can you believe... August is just about over. Hey there, I am Joe Salci. Hi, Average Joe Money on Twitter. And what a show we have for you today. OG is already celebrating next week's week off. I'm a little jealous. Ah, I think he should be jealous because I get to spend time with you and he doesn't. So there you go, OG. We have a phenomenal show. And of course, it's anchored by our two sponsors for today's show. The first is Magnify Money. You know, when you head to Magnify Money, you'll not only see exactly what we saw when they first teamed up with us, that you can save 450 bucks on average by not just walking into your bank and saying, what do you got? But you'll also find that they've got a fantastic blog over there run by the fantastic Mandy Woodruff, formerly of Yahoo Finance, also from the amazing Brown Ambition podcast and some of our favorite writers. Aja McClanahan is over there. Uh, just a ton of great writing at the Magnify Money blog. StackyBenjamins.com forward slash Magnify Money. Go check that out. Also today brought to you by our tour. You know, I'm going to talk about this a little bit later, but we are headed on tour. If you're anywhere close to Orlando, Kansas City, or Detroit, I've got some exciting news about our tour in these three cities and what you can expect from the live show. 
We'll do that at the end of today's podcast. But for now, if you just want to check it out, stackybenjamins.com forward slash tour, and you'll see all of our amazing guests on all of these shows. And by the way, thanks to both Bloom and TIAA for making this show possible. Not only to make it possible, they're also helping us with some of the stuff we're going to talk about. And I will also talk about that a little later today. But man, do we got a great show. A little different format today. We're going to have two separate interviews. We're going to start off talking about the coolest loan payment program I've ever heard of. So let's start there. Upstairs talking to mom, Megan Grossi is a woman who came up with this great idea. And we'll hear about how we discovered Megan's awesome idea here in a minute that we so wanted you to hear about. And also with her is our friend Chelsea Brennan. Chelsea worked on Wall Street at Goldman Sachs and then moved to Boston and a debt-focused hedge fund there. At 25, she became a vice president and took over investing her own portfolio. And by the way, she says on her blog that when she left at age 27, the portfolio she managed was valued at $1.3 billion. Chelsea now writes at Mama Fish Save, simple finance, less stress, and achieve more. Chelsea pointed out this exciting piece of Megan's to me. Well, let's hear it from both of them. Here comes Megan Grossi and Chelsea Brennan coming down to the basement. And coming down the stairs from Mama Fish Saves, it's our friend Chelsea Brennan. How are you? Good. What's up, Joe? Glad to be back in the basement. I would love, before we get started, you've been on a round table once before. Yep. But tell the few people that don't know what Mama Fish Saves is all about, what you write about, because I love your blog. I write about family finance, specifically from very basic budgeting and debt repayment stuff to more complicated investing things that often boggle parents' minds um, as they build 401ks and try to prepare for college and retirement and things like that. Which is amazing because even though you had a career on Wall Street, that was a little different than what you did on Wall Street. Absolutely. So I invested in distressed debt and high yield debt and a lot of middle market securities. And when I finished my career on Wall Street, I was managing $1.3 billion. And now I say we like to uh, bicker about $13 over on the grocery budget. <laughs> Which, by the way, $1.3 billion to an investor with billions and billions might not even be as important as $13 on the grocery budget to some people listening. Absolutely. Our fund managed over $30 billion and I was just one VP among many. In the story we're going to talk about today, you actually found, and it's so interesting, tell me, we're about to call Megan on my dad's shortwave, but how did you first meet Megan? So for International Women's Day this March, I launched a Facebook group called Women Rock Money to help educate more women about money and, and issues, and especially from a bent specific that was comfortable for them. So every Tuesday in that group, I teach a live class about a different money topic. And Megan, one of the participants, is a group member that posted about her student loans that as soon as she posted a couple weeks ago, I was like, we have to talk more about this. This is so important. Which is funny because then the second I read your piece, I said, this has to be a podcast episode. <laughs> So we all we all kind of cover it. And let's call it right now, if you don't mind. Absolutely. And on my dad's shortwave, it's our new BFF, Megan Grossi. Hi, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Well, tell me, how did you find Mama Fish Saves and Chelsea's group? I was actually encouraged to join the group through my mother, who follows the blog religiously. And I thought that it might be helpful as I'm starting to budget myself and pay off my student loans. 
So that's how I got into the group, and it's been helpful for me to see how other people are reaching out for financial support, how they handle their own finances, and it's nice to also have a resource when I have questions. Yeah, good thing there, by the way, listening to mom. We learned that the hard way here in the basement that <laughs> have to listen to mom. But but so Can someone l- tell my two year old that, by the way? <laughs> two year old <laughs> who understands everything but no. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Megan, let's walk through your story before we get to exactly what, what Chelsea and I are both so excited about your story. So where did you go to school? I spent my first year of college out in Ohio. But I finished, I I graduated from Salem State University in Salem, Mass. Awesome. Congratulations on that. By the way, what was your program? Uh, It was professional writing. At first, I was just a general English major, but a teacher that I met really inspired me to go down that path. She thought that I had strong creative nonfiction writing. Awesome. And Chelsea knows something about creative nonfiction. We're trying really hard, but as an economics and math major, I have a little bit of work to do on that front. (laughs) (laughs) Easier than fiction, though. So you had to take out student loans, though, to get your degree. Yes. Did you also work during college? I did. My first year, I was eligible for a work-study program, which means that I would work weekly, and any money that I made at that job would go directly into the school, up to a certain amount. But The rest of my school year, I was not eligible for that program because I changed schools. So I was still working, but it was just the money was just going right to me. So I still had to take out extra loans because of that. Yeah. How much in student loans? How big was your balance in student loans when you graduated? It was not as bad as others. As of right now, it's a little less than 22,000. I always round up, but about that. Conservative, I like it. Well, and that's the thing, Chelsea. Actually, her her student loan debt isn't as bad as the average in America. I think the average in America, I think, is forty thousand. Yeah, it's now up to four thousand. Yeah. yeah, so it's tough to say, Megan, that twenty two thousand is not that bad. But really, I know I I'm very lucky. I think it just worked out well that I had bonds, student loan bonds that I was given ever since I was a baby, and I tried to only borrow what was absolutely necessary. So I think it just worked out really well. But I also chose to go to a, a cheaper college. Nice move. So a huge that difference. might have helped. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, nice move there. So you graduated, and now you have all kinds of bills to pay, including these student yeah. loans. How did that feel? Uh, it was very scary. Throughout the school year, throughout my time at school, I was trying to pay off at least the interest every month. But it was always something that was just in the back of my mind. Once I graduated, it came to the forefront, and I had to start budgeting out how am I going to manage every single bill every single month. I was lucky enough to have found a job before my student loan repayment plan started. Not every student does get a job in time. So it made it easier for me to start saving and planning because I had that six-month grace period to prepare. But in the meantime, it was really scary and I was trying to find a good way to think positively about it because I couldn't just, I can't just not pay the bills. They don't just disappear. And the sooner I get through them, the better. I don't want to spend the rest of my life paying off student loans. So that's kind of how my student loan repayment plan came into reality. 
And before we get to that plan, Chelsea, what Megan's feeling mm-hmm. at this point is not at all uncommon. I mean, people see this big specter of debt in front of them and they freak out. I know when I had that situation, I totally freaked out and decided I was going to do the perfect thing. I was just going to ignore it and it would go away. (laughs) I mean, you're seeing stats where we're like 80% of working professionals view student loan debt as a very significant stress. And that's people with jobs, like people that are underemployed or unemployed. This is a major, major strain on their lives. Yeah. Tough place to be and a place, Megan, where a lot of people are. But this is where you decided to handle things differently. Tell everybody what you did. So I rounded up my student loan debt as high as I thought reasonable after interest and everything was considered, and I divided that by what I considered, based on my monthly income, to be a reasonable amount, $200 a month. And I ended up with the number 120. And from there, I thought of 120 different good things that came out of me going to college. That includes different classes I've taken, different professors I've had, all of the friends I've made, different memories that I've had. That way, it gave me something to look forward to, and it does give me something to look forward to. Now, instead of paying off different loans, I'm actually paying off different memories. I tell myself, oh, if I didn't go to college, I wouldn't have experienced this, or I wouldn't have experienced that, or I wouldn't have met such and such a person. And so that makes the process easier for me, because then it feels like my money is going somewhere meaningful, and it's not just going into this one-time degree. And that is particularly strong for me because I'm not currently working in the field I studied, which I know is common for a lot of students. And so that's kind of hard to swallow when you spend four years of your life dedicated to this one subject, and then you don't go directly into that field. It's not, it's not a comforting feeling, so I figured I would redirect that that negative emotion into the more positive sides of school. Yeah, more of a holistic, here's all the things I did get out of it that are still helping me today, even though I'm working in a different field. Yeah. This is like wisdom, like way beyond your years. I hear all the time, like all I got (laughs) was this piece of paper and now I have $30,000 student loan. It's like, no, you got way more than that piece of paper, but it's easy to forget when all you have left is the payments. I think there's so many different things here, Chelsea. Let's talk for a second about Megan as if Megan, we're going to pretend you're not in the room for a second. There's, (laughs) There's several things going on here. Number one, the fact that she took this negative and turned it into a positive, I think is a powerful thing with handling your debt. Absolutely. It's huge. And it becomes such a stress burden, any kind of debt on so many people that finding a way to take a positive bent, you don't jump and tackle huge goals from a negative place. You need to do it from a place of abundance before you can really get that motivation to take action. And then second, the idea that she looked at the number of of payments she had, just that alone, like who the hell looks at the number of payments they have on their debt? That's crazy awesome. Because this idea of planning ahead of time, I think, lets us see the road and the mountain that we've got, and it doesn't become so scary anymore, I think. Absolutely. And you have so many many people that don't even know how much debt they have. I'm going to throw my husband right under the bus here. (laughs) When we met, he didn't know how much student loan debt he had because his parents filled out all the paperwork, and he was like, I don't know. I pay it every month, and like, I don't know what the balance is. And it's terrifying to me at the time, but... (laughs) Yeah, it's just so many people. They don't even know what the mountain is. It just feels like this car payment where you're constantly paying the car, but there is no car. But this also, Megan, do you have any other debt besides student loans? I have a little bit of credit card debt, but it's not much. Do you do the same thing with your credit card debt? I actually have an easier time paying my credit card debt off because I know exactly what each payment went into because they were purchases that I made. So I have an easier time paying it off and 
I can actually see smaller, much smaller manageable um, amounts going down. I'm willing to bet that credit card debt isn't on random crap then? No. (laughs) (laughs) That makes it easier. That does, yeah. I would think so. Just a ton easier. It sounds like just based on what you said early on, like your budget is tight. How do you make sure that all the bills get paid when you've got all these different things besides the joyful mentality, which I love, do you use software or technology or a spreadsheet or how do you work it? Well, for a while I was just saving and saving and only spending money on my bills because it was really difficult getting by month to month. And eventually enough money just accrued that I felt a little more comfortable. I had a softer cushion. And then once I felt like I was in a good place, again, this was before my student loans began, I started writing out exactly how much money I needed to spend every month, how much money was the bare minimum, take that out of my total monthly income, and then what do I have left? Basically, however much I had left was going into my loans. So I don't have a spreadsheet or anything. I just kind of keep it on a notepad and keep track of it in my head. Which shows again, Chelsea, it doesn't have to be complicated. No, piece of paper's perfectly fine. Yeah, that's fantastic. What are some of the key lessons here, Chelsea, do you think that your readers can get out of Megan's situation? So I think the biggest one is planning, right? Is understanding what you're up against and that it's doable, right? Coming down to what your budget can be, how much can you spend within your income? And if you put the rest towards your loans or any kind of debt, you can pay it off quickly. But the bigger thing is, Keeping that mentality that what you got, especially when it comes to student loans, is not just a piece of paper. Even if you don't list out, you know, doctors would have a hard time dividing all their loans into $200 pieces. You'd have a lot (laughs) of things you'd have to write down. But you can still have a list of the top 10 best things that you learned and experienced in college to reflect on when you pay those loans. Because over two-thirds of people at this point feel like their debt, student loan debt is spiraling out of control. And that mental place is just a hard one to tackle in the rest of your life because it's going to spread out and a method like Megan's can really help you find that center and focus to pay down your debt. Yeah. Once again, I don't think it's just student loan debt. I think you could use this for any debt. Absolutely. Yeah. Just, just all the good things that this, although I don't know what lessens credit card debt, at least, at least Megan with, (laughs) with school, you have all these memories like credit cards. What do I do? Oh, that cheeseburger I had, (laughs) that big screen TV I bought that I couldn't afford. Well, for me, it's usually like Christmas gifts. So I can at least mark off like, oh, that made my brother happy oh, or yeah. that made my grandmother happy. So Yeah, no, good point there. Spending for others is, that's great. So Megan, what's next for you? Well, I am currently looking for a position that's closer to my field um, in terms of my career goals. I enjoy my job. It's just not what I studied. And so I want to really find someplace that I can apply what I've learned, especially what I have down here on paper. Um, In terms of financial goals, I think I told this to Chelsea, but right now I'm busy planning and saving for my wedding. Ah, congratulations. congratulations. Thank you. That's awesome and can be expensive. How do you get around that expense? Have parents pay for it? No. (laughs) No. Yeah, right. Um, (laughs) Actually, what we've been doing is looking at the biggest expenses, the most bare necessity expenses, um, my fiance's ring food, a location, and we're trying to find cheaper alternatives. So we don't necessarily need a caterer because we want a very small group of people there. We don't really need a whole lot of food. We don't need a DJ. We can just make a playlist and put it on a speaker. So we're trying to cut out these big, big expenses and find cheaper alternatives just so that we can afford to spend money on the things that we want to do, like maybe a longer honeymoon or... I don't know, a nice ring for my fiance, something like that. 
Megan, I don't think we've had this conversation. There were eight people at my wedding. My brother and sister-in-law married us, and we were in my aunt's oh. backyard on her lake. So there's you can definitely do it for cheap. And we've got two Perfect. kids who've been married for five years. <laughs> that is awesome. I won't talk about my wedding because my dad has 16 brothers and sisters, and there was no way you weren't going to invite your aunts and uncles. So <laughs> we were. But Cheryl was kind of screwed from the beginning on this one. <laughs> Right. Well, that's fantastic. And congratulations on a great job, on a job well done. And like Chelsea said, I'll echo that. Just wise beyond your years. Just I, I thought this was a great story. Chelsea, what's happening coming up on Mama Fish Safes? Because you've always got something crazy interesting going on there. So we recently just launched the In Case of Emergency Binder, which is basically a financial legacy binder to bring all your end of life planning together, which is a super fun topic. Right? We <laughs> <Right>. love <laughs> Barrel of laughs but- there. But so important of making sure that everything's organized. So we recently launched that. So we're doing a lot of stuff on building a good financial legacy, creating wills, uh, getting the right life insurance policies in place, what matters as far as medical power of attorney. And that's what's happening over on Mama Fish Saves. That's awesome. And we'll link to Mama Fish Saves on our show notes page at stackybedjamins.com. Megan, Chelsea, thanks for hanging out with us for a few minutes. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. What a great story, isn't it? Thanks a ton to Chelsea and to Megan for agreeing to dive in to that strategy. And that's part one of two coming up later in the show. We're going to talk about avoiding student loans in the first place with the student loan shark, Pam Andrews. I got to tell you, that woman also brings a lot of fun and excitement to any conversation. But talking about fun and excitement, you know, you've heard on this show before, Emperor Investments. Well, guess what? On our Friday FinTech segment, we're bringing them down to the basement to find out what it's all about. Brenna Casserly is the CEO and Portfolio Manager for Emperor Investments. Of course, if you're not familiar with Emperor and maybe you're new to the show, they're a Toronto-based robo-advisor and they're offering personalized equity portfolios to U.S. retail investors. We're going to hear all about it in just a moment. Over the course of the last decade with her co-founder, who I'm about to introduce you to as well. She's been developing some proprietary technology, building these personalized pure equity portfolios, which we'll go into. Before she launched the firm, she was with uh, Scotiabank, working as a portfolio analyst within Scotia Wealth's Managed Portfolio Program. Before that, she co-founded Investment Portfolio Design, LTD, with her co-founder, who's also going to be with us, Dr. Francis Tapon. He's the chief investment officer and co-founder of Emperor Investments. He also is a professor of economics at the University of Gulf. Besides his work with Emperor, he's been a visiting professor at a number of universities across the globe, including at Duke University, the University of Tasmania, the School of Economics and Finance at the Brisbane Graduate School of Business at Queensland University of Technology and more. He's worked at Capgemini Ernst & Young and also has been a visiting scholar with the Antitrust Division of the U.S. Department of Justice. Amazing work these two have done and they put it all together as Emperor Investments. Let's hear how it all works. Brenna Casserly and Francis Tapon coming down to the basement. And walking down the stairs to the basement, it's Francis Tepon and Brenna Casserly. How are you? Very good. Thank you very much for asking. Very good. Thanks for having us on. Well, I'm so glad that we finally got you down here to the basement. I think it's overdue because our fans have heard a lot about Emperor. But I love origin stories, guys. And I guess, Brenna, I'll start with you. Where did the idea for Emperor first come from? 
a long time ago, Francis and I met. Oh, and we talk about the topics that we love. So this spurred a discussion, I would guess, about vesting and that led to the company? Yes. yes. So one day at the Berkshire meeting, uh, I can even place it for you exactly and what time it was and what day it was. It was on, on a Sunday after the, the, the Saturday meeting. We were talking to some money managers and about 10 meters away from Warren Buffett himself. And she turned to me and said, we could do the same thing. And the main reason why we did that, because in the investment space, you know, to get that that quality product of a tailor-made portfolio of pure equities, you have to have at least $250,000 to have that access. And we felt that this should be available to anyone, no matter what their wealth is. And that's the core purpose of why we started Emperor Investments, because we strongly feel that our product should be available to everyone and without having to sacrifice returns. Yeah, just to be clear, Brent, I think the thing that you're talking about is uh, separately managed accounts, and usually people have to have $250,000 to get them. I was surprised when I first heard about Emperor because you're right, you guys are the only company I know of where the average person puts money in and, and you actually own the equities. That's kind of the way it works, right? Yes. Yes. Every account is separately managed. Um, not only that, though, when you put in your money, and, and the minimum investment is only $500, so you can easily get started with a custom portfolio, not a lot of assets up at front. So to get started, you invest your money, and we will create a custom portfolio tailored to your attitude towards volatility. Now, you have some charts on the front page at emperorinvest.com that talks about your proven performance. And Professor, I'm going to turn to you for a second. I noticed that a lot of what you do seems to be based on dividends. There's a big emphasis toward dividends. Why is that? That fits with our cautious natures. Brenna is cautious with money. I'm cautious with money. And of course, Warren is very cautious with money too. So we decided that the market is volatile money here. You have money today, but tomorrow the market is down and you don't have it. But if you've all throughout these ups and downs of the market, you receive a good dividend yield or a good dividend payment in dollars, uh, it sort of uh, makes the pain less painful uh, or the blow less painful. So uh, at the very least, you may have a heart attack looking at the value of your portfolio because it's gone down because the market has crashed, but you will continue receiving your dividends in dollars. So if that's what you count on when for your retirement, uh, for supplementing your retirement income, uh, we spend a great deal of energy trying to make sure that you will always receive these dividends. And it turns out this is exactly the way one Buffett invests money. And a few in two in two occasions on two occasions we have had a, we had stocks in our portfolios that uh, were taken out by Warren himself because he saw the same thing we saw <laughs> and he bought the companies so he bought the, he bought out the entire companies so as a result they they ceased trading. I was going to say but, though that's not a bad day for you or for anybody in Emperor on that day. Yeah, no. So we made money from this, but. Uh, but the point is, we were upset that these were great companies. They paid good dividends. We knew we knew them. We were happy with them. Um, 
And then all of a sudden, one comes and says, I'll take those from you because I need them. So that shows that our way of looking at things is validated by the world's greatest investor, a man who is amazing, amazingly ethical, always ready to help with advice. So we, um, that was our foundation. And everything we've done since is simply make it, make, use technology to make this available to a large number of people. Brenna, back to you on this same chart uh, that I just asked Francis about. It also, it goes, it goes all the way back to 2007. Is that backtesting or did the two of you begin investing in this manner starting uh, in 2007? You're getting on my favorite topic. No, no, right. <laughs> this is forward testing. So we, we uh, I don't want to explain to you all the econometrics behind this, but we, we test this forward. We invested our own money that way. So it's not something that we've invented. Francis yep. has been investing this way for over 40 years. Um, in 2010, when we first had this idea, we both put our money into our investment product. And that's when we realized the returns that we've been getting is really something special. Sure. And then a few years ago, we decided to build out this platform using technology where we can offer this to the mass market all online. But this performance is definitely not back tested. It is forward tested. And um, Francis, do you want to highlight some more information so, on that? In other words, we first invested that money in 2007. And you're in, so every year we just push it one year one year forward as a time elapsed. And it was only by, by yearly increments because we were trading, we trade almost nothing. We, you know, we have a good portfolio. It's like you have a nice house when you stay in your nice house for a long, long time. So we like this, uh, these uh, particular companies and we had no intention of ever selling them. So every year we would notice we would put more money because actually the, the, the performance you see on, this, on that particular chart on our website is the highest it's the highest volatility portfolio uh, for people like us, for the two of us, because uh, we were not afraid of volatility. We just want to make sure that we don't lose our money. So for us, risk is losing our money. It's not volatility. So every year we would recall the new, the, the new value of the portfolio. We reinvested all dividends. We didn't really need the money. So it was all reinvested. And after a while, we noticed the performance of that portfolio was incredible. Yeah. And so then we, we thought, well, that's a business opportunity because we're actually beating the, uh, something which is very hard to do consistently, which is beating the S&P 500 index. It's it's interesting. Let's walk through the let's walk through this because I only have a few minutes, but I really want to walk through how it works. So people initially, Brenna, uh, they go to the website emperinvest.com and when they click get started, what happens? They'll fill out a quick questionnaire just so we can assess their volatility and their attitude towards volatility. Once that happens, we will give you a sample portfolio. So you can view the sectors that we would suggest for you, given how you've answered your, your questions. Once you're happy with that, you'll then proceed to open an account and you'll fill out your information, such as your name, your address. And then once that is complete, so that whole process takes less than 10 minutes, then you can go into the client portal and you can create your goal where you can sign the time horizon, the amount 
that you want to achieve and any reoccurring contributions that you would like to have. So once that is set up, then you'll get to view the full portfolio that we've recommended for you. All of the holdings as well as the weights associated with that. And then the pricing on the portfolios is uh, 60 basis points, six tenths of 1%. Exactly. Yes. So, and that's all in, there's no other hidden fees. We don't have ETFs in, in our portfolios. It's all pure equity. So all you will be paying is 60 basis points. If people click on pricing, you'll see emperor versus robos versus traditional money managers. And that was a big aha for me, the, the whole idea of being all in and no hidden fees, no additional fees on top of that. When I need to get money in, let's say that I want to invest monthly. Can I set up something for my bank account so money just comes in automatically every month? Absolutely. So when you go into either create your first goal, if you just signed up with Emperor Investments, or if you're an existing client, you can easily modify your goals where you can get, get the option to set up reoccurring reoccurring deposits. So we have that on a weekly basis, bi-weekly, monthly, or even quarterly. Got you. And then uh, taking money out. Tell me about that. Taking money out is just as easy. Uh, if you wish to withdraw your money for whatever reason, we would hate to see you go, but you can easily create the withdraw. It will take, however, typically three to five business days because you would be fully yeah. invested. So we do have to initiate a trade. But other than that, you you simply do that online. Uh, we would initiate the trade for you and the money would be transferred into your bank account that you've originally linked with us. I'm glad you explained the three to five days because I remember, Brenna, when I was a financial advisor, people would, if I didn't explain that, people would think it was me holding onto their money. I'm like, no, 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 no. We got to li liquidate your position and then send you the cash. So yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, yeah. it, and, it, and all that is automated. It's our our institution, our, uh, in, our custodian, we pass on the information and they just do what we ask them to do. Yeah, very simple. Uh, uh, tracking my stuff. I noticed that I can look at it on any screen, but tell me what type of tracking I'm going to be able to see on my device. Well, you'll see the performance of your portfolio. Uh, you'll see the composition of your portfolio. And then we have a chart that, uh, that you can play with if you want to decide if you want to see what if I increase my contribution or the frequency of my contribution, uh, what would this lead to considering the performance that I've had so far? Uh, so that enables you to sort of gauge a bit better when you will reach your goal. Or, I mean, personally, Brenna and I, we don't have goals, but we just want to invest our money effectively. If you have a goal, then we can you can play with that and see uh, how long is it going to take me to reach this goal, this money goal, uh, with the investment I'm making. And maybe it will tell you, well, you can't do it. You have to increase your contributions uh, because the return that you're getting with us is at the very high end. When you're signed into the portal and you can view your, your performance here uh, on a goal base and also on a total asset base, so all your money combined as well. And, and then we also break it down for you. So you have your goal balance, your target date, if you're anticipating to achieve that um, on target, 
your earnings to date, your returns, and any cash dividends that you've been receiving with that specific goal. In addition to that, we also have the sector breakdowns, the specific holdings that you own, uh, any recent transactions. So if we did buy or sell on your on your behalf, and the dividends that you've been receiving on a per company basis. My last question, I think, today, guys, is I know you're not sitting back just with your feet up at this point, investing money. What's, what's next for the company? Well, we have one project is we're going to offer ESG portfolios. So including companies that are especially uh, highly ranked on ESG, you know, environmental, social and governance criteria. We, uh, we already have international investing through ADRs. And our next big effort will be in the background. Nobody will see it, but we are currently running an experiment on uh, on neural networks. And also, just to add on to that, we are focusing on launching our B2B network. So uh. we want to white label portfolios. And that is something that we've we've seen there's a need for uh, with advisors, independent advisors to be specific. And we will be able to create these custom portfolios for their clients. They can leverage our platform and then they can focus on the client relationship aspect. Well, too bad you got nothing going on, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 and Francis, I'm going to end with you. I've had lots of cool professors back in the day when I was in school, but how, how, how fun is it working with uh, former students on projects? Like, you, I think it's fascinating. You and Brennan working on this together. Well, we, uh, I mean, I, it's not something that I set out to do. It just happens, <laughs> you know. I mean, the relationship Brennan and I have is really sp- special. Uh, we I couldn't have done any of this uh, without her, and because uh, I've been investing money for a long time privately, but not on a, in a in a professional way, and she's the one who sort of uh, set me on the uh, on this path, and it's been an amazing adventure. Well, and and also on your end, Brenna, is it ever intimidating working with your former f- professor? You feel like you'll get an A minus if if <laughs> if something doesn't go exactly <laughs> no, right. Nothing, nothing intimidates her. She's the CEO. I'm only the CIO. I'm only the chief investment officer. She's the boss. No, it's definitely at the beginning. It was definitely intimidating. But now now we have such a strong friendship and we work so well together. So it's really a great experience for both of us. Yeah, you can really tell. Well, yeah, Brenna, thanks for spending a few minutes with us. Uh, the site again is emperinvest.com. And if you're walking the dog or on your morning commute out for your run, whatever it might be, we've got you covered. We'll have links on our show notes page at stackybedjamins.com. Guys, thanks again for stopping by and talking Emperor Investments with us. Thank, Thank you, Joel. you, Joel. Have a good day. Hey there, trivia fans. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and today's a big day in the basement because it's the kickoff of football season in America, and I'm sporting my team colors. Sure, Southwest Bahamas State Beauty College and Technical Institute doesn't have a football team, but I am still proudly rocking our team colors, fuchsia and lime green. Onward, SWBSBCTI flying buttresses. Go get them, guys. So let's kick off today's trivia with this question. Sure, everybody knows the top programs in college football, but which two schools play annually in the rivalry only known as the game? I'll be back with the answer in just a moment. 
I'm so excited the Stack of Benjamins is brought to you again by Magnify Money. If you're new to the show, Magnify Money is the place where you go when you're trying to put together all of those financial products you use every day. What most people do, they just head into the local bank and say, what have you got? But come on, with technology, it doesn't matter where the bank is. You can do a better job. So if I head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash magnify money, you can hear me typing now, maybe. And I take a look at savings accounts as we do fairly regularly here on the show. Let's take a look. Salem 5 Direct at the time of recording is up at 2.05%. Poplar Direct at 2%. Purepoint Financial at 1.9%. FNBO Direct at 1.85% as is Synchrony. Marcus by Goldman Sachs and then down to 1.81% for a few others. Ally Bank at one8 Sally May 1.75 as is American Express personal savings and it goes down from there. See how easy it was? Not only can you compare that, you can also compare their fine print score, what the minimum deposit is. Very easy and over 92% of the products you use every day. But it's not just savings accounts. If you're somebody trying to pay less interest to the man, you can do balance transfer cards, 0% interest credit cards, can't trust yourself with a credit card. Let's take a look at personal loans, student loan refinances, parent plus loan refinance. If you got to have a car and you just don't seem to have the money right now, auto loans, small business loans, private student loans, CD rates, checking accounts with no fees, and lots more. Magnify Money is the number one place to go to compare, ditch, switch, and save. I mentioned I'd have more in the show about our big Stacking Benjamins tour, and now's the time to talk about that. OG and I decided it is high time that we went out and met more people. And like we did in Philadelphia, it's fun meeting people over maybe a foamy beverage or meeting them over dinner. But you know what's more fun? Taking our show on the road. But not only are you going to see OG and I there, we will also have local financial celebrities from the town that we're in. And of course, we'll have the whole gang of characters, including Doug, Mom will take part in every show. Producer Richie will be there. We've got the team with us. How do you get tickets? They're only 10 bucks. Head to stackybedjamins.com forward slash tour. And we're coming September 25th to Orlando. We're coming two weeks later on October 9th to Kansas City. And on October 24th, we fly into Detroit for a great show there. The guest list is firming up all the time. So for details on our show... Head to stackybedjamins.com forward slash tour. And it's cool. Tickets are going very fast. I've been incredibly excited and can't wait to meet you in Orlando, Kansas City, and Detroit. Trivia fans, I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and here while the kids are headed back to college, I think back to the days at Southwest Bahamas State Beauty College and Technical Institute. And sure, you might say that while it was an online university, it was always fun going to those Facebook Live parties. Man, we'd have Jason from Maine play Spotify on his phone and hold it up next to the speaker. All, all five of us would stay on Facebook until at, at least 9.30 at night, just raving it up man would we be killing it well you don't want to hear about my nightlife prowess you're here for trivia so let's deliver some here was today's question who plays annually in the rivalry only known as the game while there are lots of great rivalry games like 
the Iron Bowl, the Red River Shootout, and of course, who can forget the SWBBCTI versus our arch rivals, Southeastern Bahama State Technical Institute and Beauty College, called the Chic Magnet. Well, they play badminton, but it's always a scorcher, man. The rivalry known only as The Game is played every year between little-known colleges called Harvard and Yale. Nah, I never heard of them either. See ya! Can you believe it's football season already? It just It's amazing how much time flies. Hey, and our big special final episode of this eight weeks, instead of our normal letter segment, we have another awesome interview for you. I can't wait for you to meet her. If you missed Pam Andrews on our Facebook Live with her a few months ago, man, did you miss a lot. And the second that we got done, I said, you know what, Pam, you got to come on Stacking Benjamins. And I was so excited when she said that she would, because Pam knows everything, like not a little and not some. Pam knows everything about how to line up scholarships. And like anything, it's a process, it's a machine, and she's going to teach us as much as we can pack in to the next 15 minutes, let's say hello to the scholarship shark herself, Pam Andrews coming down to the basement. And coming down the stairs, here she is, Pam Andrews. Hey Joe, how are you? How are you? <laughs> I'm so happy you're here with us. Also, I'm excited to be here. Well, this is a busy time for you, isn't it? With school getting back in session, everybody thinking about money and scholarships. It is. And colleges and choices and, you know, trying to get that last minute fun in, you know, senior year. So balancing it for high school seniors. So it's super busy. Tell people just how awesome this can be. You have a very personal story in your family that is is amazing. And I think I'd like to use it to kick off the conversation, Pam. Tell everybody about you and your son. Sure. So my oldest son, Daryl, who is going into his third year, he's going into his junior year of college. And when he graduated in 2016, applied for enough scholarships that he's covered all the way through graduate school. So between all the schools, he applied to eight colleges and then several private scholarships. And we can talk a little bit about that. He went over $700,000 in college scholarships. So he's completely covered through graduate school. Now, did, did he do that on his own or did mom say, no, oh, you're sick? Of course sitting. not. He's a boy. Of course he did not. <laughs> I was going to say, because no yeah, my, my twins would have never gone near that. Like, no, no I don't think so. No, no. He doesn't take the trash out on his own. He doesn't do none of, no. So yeah. <laughs> so he needed help. And, and I think that's reassuring for parents. A lot of times I had, I spoke with my mom and she actually said, my son is not, didn't know me, but she connected with me through the podcast. And she said, my son is not like your son. You know, my son is kind of lazy and he likes to play video games. And I said, you know, there's some motivation in there somewhere. We just have to kind of uncover it, chip away at the, at the big old slab of marble. But, you know, sons need help. And sometimes even, you know, our kids need help. They need a coach or a mentor or mama to step in and step up. So some of them do it on their own and that's great. But for those who don't, I just like to share that it can be done that, um, you know, if long as a student is willing to do the work, then with a guide, with some assistance, they can get it done. I love the fact you're an engineer. Yes. Uh-huh. Which means you are very process oriented. I am very processed, <laughs> very much step by step by step. Absolutely. Even though I heard you on Jen Hempel's podcast and you really want to be a dancer. I did. I did. 
But, you know, so this is like mindset and words. I was told I was too short and I was too stocky and I didn't have a dancer's body, you know, and all that. So I was kind of, that was my dance dream. And I wasn't even all that great, to be honest with you. But I do believe I shared the rest of the story on hers that later in life, I became a Zumba fitness instructor. So when I would teach Zumba, I was in my own world. (laughs) And it was funny, just you know, I drew kind of a large following because it was just the greatest dance fitness party. I'm up there leading it in front. And it was kind of like one of those little cartoon things where it says what you think you are, what others see you as, you know, but I love being fit. I love keeping it moving and and staying active. So dance is fun. So, well, for today though, we're going to stay over on the engineering side, which is, you know, for some people, not that great, but obviously you've developed this process where, where do people start? Yeah, absolutely. So I think it first starts with building a college list that focuses on not just your major and, and thinking about your career and your outcome and maybe the, the type of environment, but college affordability. And what I mean by that, it's not necessarily, so you can't just look at the sticker price because most families really don't pay with the cost of attendance, that full cost of tuition, room and board fees and all that. You know, there's the net price that comes out. So it's important to focus on college affordability and find out one of two things based on our profile. You know, where do we fall in terms of need? Is this college very generous in terms of meeting a met need? Or where does this college stand in terms of merit scholarships? Those are scholarships that you earn and finding out what are the eligibility requirements. So, you know, what's the GPA or the SAT, ACT score that I need? Or maybe if uh, art school, you know, what kind of portfolio are they looking for? Dance school or music school, you know, your audition. And so it's important to find out at the school level, how can I get the most money? Because that's where you're going to get, that's where families will get the most money at the institutional level. And then you want to layer that with private money. And that's Coca-Cola and your Elks Club, Rotary, your credit union, your bank, your employer, all that money that goes with you no matter what school you pick. So you really want to focus on both of them. And I think it's important for students to do both early and not just think of one and then the other, but to do both early because they're scholarships year round all the time in the summer, during your Christmas break. I mean, all throughout the year, there are always scholarships where students can apply. So it's important to just put the systems in place and apply, apply, apply. So I've got 75,000 questions based on what you just said. (laughs) Uh Let's start off with the school scholarships. And you talk about knowing what the school really wants, what the eligibility requirements are. When I took Nick and Autumn, our kids around to school, Cheryl and I did, those were fun trips, by the way. We we combine mm-hmm. it with our summer vacation, which was a lot of fun. But but when we go into a lot of these private schools, Pam, they would say exactly what you said, which is, listen, this is our retail price, but nobody mm-hmm. pays that. Is it really true that private schools can be much, much more affordable and maybe even on par with a public school? Or is that just... Absolutely. Oh, oh, yes, okay. absolutely. Okay. Yeah, because a lot of them are heavily endowed. Sometimes your state, your flagship university in your state may not be the best place for a couple of reasons. So number one, let's say you live on the East Coast and you apply to a school or maybe a school on the West Coast wants to have a a little bit more geographically diverse student population and coming freshman class. They're going to give you dollars to attract you to come or to invite you, to incent you to come, you know, as long as you, of course, get in and, you know, meet the basic requirements, things like that. So I always encourage students, I mean, know the numbers. It's important to, to know the numbers. Don't be number blind, but know the numbers. 
but don't let that stop you. So let's work on a strategy to find out what will it really cost and what do I need to do to really reduce that cost of attendance. So yeah, so private, don't shy away from a lot of your private colleges, specialty colleges. You'd be surprised at the amount of money that's available for scholarships and grants. So the difference between scholarships and grants They're both uh, money that you don't have to pay back. It's called gift aid. So there's gift aid and then the self-help aid. So self-help are like loans and work study because you have to do something for the, well, the loans, you have to pay them back and work study, you have to actually work to get it. But the gift aid is kind of quote unquote free money. It's, I mean, you have to do something to get it, but you don't have to pay it back. And so your scholarships are basically merit and then the grants are based on need. And I always tell families, so here's a, I'm going to quickly say this calculation It's kind of interesting because it's it's more of a visual thing than a verbal thing, but the cost of a school is, is fixed. Okay. So school A costs, let's say, I'm just going to make it really easy, like very low numbers for just math sake. So sure. school A is $10,000, $10,000, school B is $20,000. But your expected family contribution, what the federal government says your family can expect to pay, let's just say it's 5000 So the difference between the two is called your unmet need. So for school A, 10 minus 5 is 5, and school B, 20 minus 5 is 15. So let's say school B is a private school and they cover 80% of the unmet need. Well, then 80% of that, 15,000, whatever that is. And let's say school A is an in-state institution and it's like not generous at all and it covers like no percent of your unmet need, you could actually end up paying more to stay in your wow. at that particular school than the private school. So hopefully that made some sense. Yeah, I think that made a lot of sense. I think that understanding the expected family contribution, they're just that all the math involved with that can dispel a lot of myths. But I want to get back to when you talked about the school has these numbers and understanding what the school's really looking for. Do they publish that information or is it more about following breadcrumbs? Yes, yes, yes. So let me tell you two places. You can always start number one at the school's website. When you click on their homepage, typically the first tab is is admissions. And then I find that usually the second tab is financial aid, the tuition, the money part. If you can't find it, if it's not listed, you know, on the front page where it's easy to find, just go to the little search bar and type in scholarships or tuition or cost of attendance or net price calculator. But you'll get to that information. So the schools do list their cost scholarships that are available. I have yet to see one that really doesn't list it. Okay. And then, yeah, what the application is, the deadline, is there a separate application? So that's a really good place. And then the second place, one of my other little favorite sites, and it's by the federal government, it's called the College Navigator. Hmm. Yeah. And I want to say it's .org. And what that provides by the school, I have it, it just pops right up on my computer, but you can pull up a school's data. So the schools are reporting this data and this site aggregates all that data. And so when you dig a little bit deeper, you can find out what percentage of unmet need does a school cover. So this way, let's say you're building your list. You've got maybe five or 10 schools. You know, you did this over this summer and now you're narrowing it down and thinking about it. Maybe in your junior year, you're researching it or your senior year, you're finalizing your list. Simply go there and say, oh, wow, this school covers 70% of unmet need or 80%. Because again, that unmet need is that little part that dangles at the end of, you know, the cost of attendance minus the expected family contribution. So that's another way. So you can try to get the most in merit aid and then as well figure out, you know, once you figure out what your family, you know, is willing to pay and would like to pay and how many kids are in the family and all that, because there may be other kids coming up behind one particular kid and and whatnot. 
okay, so let's look at some schools that are very generous. And I think it's important, you know, you've got like 4,000 colleges. And I think a lot of times students focus on so few schools and that with so many choices, there's so many wonderful schools out there. I think a lot really get overlooked. There are so many wonderful choices in terms of college affordability. That's exciting. And by the way, I'm always amazed how you're able to just pull these places and these facts just from thin air. <laughs> and uh, you saw me typing. It's collegenavigator.gov. So gov, nice gov. Job. Thank you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. Well, you got us 99% of the way there, but nice job. Uh, let's talk about the private money just briefly, and then we'll tell people where to find you because going after private money, you said there's different private money that comes up at different times. Is there kind of a different strategy there than there is going after the public money? I think so. For starters, you know, you can start as early as maybe 13 or the beginning wow, of high school. Really? Yes. Yeah. And I'm going to give you a quick example. I was out doing some school shopping for school supplies at Staples. I walked in and the first thing I was hit with was enter to win $25,000 in scholarships a scholarship or for $10,000 scholarship. So I did a screenshot and posted it. And of course, you know, went online to see, okay, what do you need to do? Super easy scholarship. You just put in the code from your receipt to enter to win. So that was it. So that's more of a sweepstakes, super, super easy um, <laughs> a contest. But there are scholarships all year round. And that one is for students in the U.S. 13 and older. So I text all my students. I'm like, hey, when you guys go to Staples, tell your mom to hang on to that receipt. And I want you to go ahead and put that number in and screenshot it so I know that you've done it. So, <laughs> yeah, so that's a really simple one. But there are and it's just knowing where to search. So, you know, in the time we have remaining, I can just share a few places where oh, your listeners can take a look. Bring it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I find the biggest challenge is just searching. Yeah. So there are several types of places to search. So let's talk nationally first. You can look at scholarship databases and or directories. And a few of the more common ones are Big Futures. And most students are familiar with Big Futures, or actually the College Board, which has Big Futures, that's collegeboard.org, because they've registered for and have taken the SAT or maybe the PSAT. I find that a lot of times they go right to that website, register for the test, get their scores, and never know that there's a tab that says scholarships. Oh. And it's, <laughs> never know. And they're all amazed. So you're already registered. Go ahead and search for those scholarships there. They've got a great database of scholarships. Another one I like is CapEx, C-A-P-P-E-X, capex.com. They have a great database of scholarships. And then two other websites, FastWeb, dot com and scholarships with an s scholarships.com are other website directories and then i like to just i'll jump to like smaller uh, local scholarships believe it or not check with your school's guidance counselor again a lot of times students only see their guidance counselor when they're getting their classes or they have a problem with their schedule or you know they want to be in the class with their best friend or something and they never talk to their guidance counselor about you know where do you keep scholarships is it on a computer database is it on a a bulletin board somewhere is it in a file cabinet so it's important to talk to your guidance counselor because typically they have a lot of local scholarships so for instance if i own let's say a shoe store and I want to have a essay contest for $500 on whatever, I don't know, some topic. Right. Well, I'm going to go to the local high schools to get my scholarship winner. So I'll hit all the high schools, maybe in my county or 
so many miles away because it's great. It's a great marketing tool for small businesses. So that's the best place to get information on local scholarships. And of course, they may have some more national scholarships as well as scholars programs. So those are just two quick places where your listeners can jump right in and get started with finding scholarships. I love the idea of the guidance counselor because we actually had, we went from a very bad guidance counselor my kids had when they went to school to a very good one. And they both got, they didn't get anywhere near what you're, had I known you then, Pam, this would have been. <laughs> I needed me. Hey, I, I graduated with student loan debt, so yeah. I needed me. <laughs> we, we, we would no longer be a mom's basement, but that's a right. whole different thing, right? But the one thing that we did find out because our, our guidance counselor was so great was that she's the person who these local organizations go to, to try to get the word out. And because so wow. few kids go to the guidance counselor, the guidance counselor ends up sitting on it most of the time yeah. because they, to your point, they only talk to them when they're getting their class schedule. You're right. You're absolutely right. So I, I just always have students check in a couple times a year because you never know. I find this spring for some reason, everybody's thinking graduation and and there tends to be a spike in local scholarship applications. So late winter, like February, March-ish, maybe early spring is also a really good time to make sure. So, you know, maybe when your report card comes out, just, hey, pop in, check on scholarships and pop out. Great, so. great advice. Yeah. Pam, where does everybody find you at? Yeah. So my website is thescholarshipshark.com. And I also have a podcast, The Scholarship Shark Podcast, and you'll know it by the little Shark with all the money coming out of his mouth and the graduation cap. So both places are great. It is. It is so fun. And how do you work with people? So I'm an independent college admissions consultant. So I'm a college admissions coach where I work with students as early as the 10th grade, but sometimes I get some 12th graders, walking them through full support on the college application process, SAT, ACT test prep, a financial positioning strategy for the parents. They're completing, um, there's a EFC preform to kind of know what the numbers are and do we need to move assets and things like that. So some of that work, resume building and volunteering. So if they go to my website and just click the start here tab, they can schedule a discovery call with me during our time, I try to provide a lot of information. I love, and you know, you're, you're this probably the same way as a podcaster. You're probably in the grocery store just sharing all kinds of personal finance information. But I just love sharing advice. And even when I hear, you know, where family's stuck or kind of can't figure something out, I just I'll try to provide so much value in my discovery call. I can't tell. <laughs> You don't, you don't seem passionate about this at all, right? And you know what? If people are driving down the road or you're walking the dog or on your morning run, whatever, wherever you might be, we got you covered. You can head to our show notes page at stackybenjamins.com and you'll find all Pam's information. Thanks for hanging out with us for a few Thank minutes. Thank you talking for having me, Joe. This was great. This was great. That's going to do it for today's special end of the eight-week show. Hey, next week, I'm excited because the Fintern is here, and he's sharing some of our favorite past episodes. And largely, our episodes, as you may know, have evergreen topics and lots of fun people. So we're diving back in to the vault. We're diving back into the vault to find three episodes that we think you're going to love. Thanks to everybody who's appeared on today's show. Thanks to you for hanging out with us these eight weeks. I'm headed to Bavaria. We'll see you again here in two weeks. Remember, you're here with the Fintern next week. All right, Doug, what should we have learned today? So what do we learn today? First, trying to pay off debt. Take a cue from Megan and spice up your repayment strategy. You'll grin every time you put a few extra dollars toward that student loan. 
car loan, or maybe even your mortgage. Second, psychology is everything. Remember that your debts, even if they're big, are best managed one payment at a time. Just one step in front of the other. But the big lesson? Don't try to score tickets to this year's hot S-W-B-S-T-I-A-B-S versus the S-E-B-S-B-S-A-T-I badminton matchup. Both tickets went quick this year. Wow. Special thanks to Chelsea Brennan and Megan Grossi for joining us today. You'll find Chelsea blogging at mamafishsaves.com. Thanks to Pam Andrews, the scholarship shark, for joining us. Worried about paying for college? She's a great resource. You'll find her at thescholarshipshark.com. This show was created by Joe Salcihai, produced by Richie Rutter-Reese, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Online, visit us on Twitter at at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I really thought doing these credits completely naked would have been a lot more fun than it actually was. SB Podcast may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remuneration. There's no way you would take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and before making any financial moves, consult with a real financial advisor. Thanks for everyone who wanted to hear the Southwest Bahamas State Technical Institute and Beauty School fight song. Everyone together now. Go flying buttresses. Fly that buttress over your opponent. Give them the B. Give them the butt. Give them the buttress. Welcome to the after show. This is the part of the show that doesn't exist. What happens in the after show stays in the after show. If you're new, welcome. I love it, by the way, when people find the after show after listening for like six months. That's my favorite. My favorite email is, I never knew. But don't talk about it because that makes those discoveries. That's the fun. Wait, I have to introduce you. What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome. Welcome, El Martinez from Couple Money. Just spoiled it, didn't I? I? That is fine. I don't know if I can trust you to not even share this after show because you just go blabbing right away. Listen to you. I, I didn't know you had etiquette. How many rules do you have for this after show? <laughs> She's like, there's no rules on your normal show. Why would there be rules for the after show? Wish there were rules on your regular show. <laughs> I, I, yeah, a lot of people wish that, uh, but there aren't, sadly. But I want to play this clip because I'm excited about your new season of the Couple Money Podcast. You know, we talk all the time about like podcasts we're listening to, talk about movies we're, we're watching. So the cool thing is we've got a clip here. Let's listen to this. And then you and I are going to chat about the new season. Sweet. Why does money matter to you? 
this season, we're tackling your biggest questions on marriage and money. We're covering the challenges that you're going through. Whether it's working together on your finances when you don't exactly see eye to eye. The funny about my husband and I is we are very different money personalities. He's more carefree, sort of, you know, he's like, if I earn an income, I want to be able to live a comfortable life. Whereas my personality is more like I don't love spending money unless I think it's going to make me money. Frustration of getting a hit on your credit score. When I got married, me wanted to take some time off. And so my, my wife and I, we went to Argentina and thought I had this credit card that was on autopay. And it was a card that I never even used. And I found out that I didn't have it set up. And it, it just really hurt my credit score. It's like trust. It's very, it's hard to earn it. And it's very <laughs> to lose it. Deciphering your health care options for your family. That's one of the problems a lot of times that the employers do. The difference between the two plans isn't as simple as just here's the high deductible and the low deductible version and everything else is the same. In planning for retirement when you have so much going on right now. Here you are as a family, you got young kids, potentially you're in the you're in a very busy time of life. You're trying yeah. to build your career. You're still trying to get the home the way you want it. You want to go on vacations. You want to love on your family. Well, you got a lot of things that are costing a lot of money and costing a lot of your time that are pulling you a bunch of different directions. And then, then someone you're supposed to sit down and think about what your life will be when you're 60 or 65. I mean, come on. This season on the podcast, we're going to go over the conversations you two should be having and the tools you need to check out to start building the life you want to begin to work as a team with your money. My husband and I get together once a month and we have our money date. We've committed to always having our money date, but doing it with chocolate milk and lava cake. Get your credit score in a good spot so you can buy that dream house you want. And and so, you know, after Argentina, <laughs> the fiasco of my credit card, um, I, I, it really hurt my credit score. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a software engineer by trade. We had to build all that software behind the scenes to have you automated. You can do it inside of an app and really simple, easy. Have your family covered without going broke. So earlier in the year, I published a guide on actually hacking the Affordable Care Act. And finding that balance that's right for your family and your goals. So there's always a tension between those two things when you're making decisions. Mm -hmm. And the key is, you know, like most things, it's just moderation, right? You can't go YOLO, right? And be <laughs> all in on today and, and forget tomorrow. But you can't be... And I see a lot of people that do this too. You can't be all in on tomorrow and sort of miss the only life that you have. Sounds good. Join us on the Couple Money Podcast. That's fantastic, Elle. I like uh, chocolate mousse and lava cake with my meeting. I want to be uh, in on their meeting. I prefer beer. I prefer beer, <laughs> but every couple is different. No judgment. You know, my husband's scotch, but you know, we're an inclusive community. What you want to have for your money date is all up to you. Maybe moose and scotch. It doesn't have to be either or, does it? No, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. You just got to be you. That's fantastic. And of course, we heard the voice of Roger Whitney there. Who are some of those other voices? Who is, who is the person designing the app who had the credit score issue? That is actually James from Self Lender, because ah. that was a huge thing in the community. How do you build credit? And with a lot of couples, one spouse just opening a credit card to build credit 
just is not a good recipe. So I was looking for a solution and talk to them. They have a great story. They do have a great story and it's a cool product. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you save money and you're building your credit. I think that's a one-one. Right. Absolutely. So when does the new season start? New season starts September 5th. I can't wait. I bet you can't wait. I'm so excited. I feel like this is going to be our biggest season and I've really pushed to make sure that we're answering all the big questions and presenting it in a way that's fun to listen to. Well, thanks for hanging out with us. And, and I'm so happy you heard it here first, guys. And we'll also, by the way, in our Facebook group, we'll, there's a video that goes along with this. We'll have the video on our Facebook group as well. El Martinez from Couple Money. Thanks for hanging out. Thank you. Appreciate it. Well, Stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is Military Appreciation Month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans. And all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org celebrate and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.